What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobbed one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkapoli. Here's the snap. Pressure coming from the outside. Brady throws it back. Caught ball first down to the 50. Outside the numbers, 40. To the 30-yard line. To the 25. And Perriman. Bashad Perriman. Touchdown Tampa Bay. Box win in overtime. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty. All big Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstock, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! And there are the cannons, cannons. Fire them. Keep on firing them. Keep on firing Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. It uh, has been a little while. I am your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. I don't even know what episode this is. Uh, but the last time we talked to you guys, Tom Brady had just retired. We had no idea who the quarterback for the Bucks was going to be in 2022. And now that we are talking to you guys again... Although at times it has looked like the opposite, Tom Brady is still retired as of this recording, and uh, we still have no idea who the Bucks quarterback is going to be in 2022, but it is the week of the Combine. We are right around 10 days away from the start of the new league year, so uh, we're still here. How you, how you doing, Evan? What's up, man? We are not dead. Yeah, um, we are still here. Both, both, both me and and Rhett are alive and, and well. Okay, so thank I appreciate uh, some people on Twitter and stuff on Instagram. You know, wonder where we were. We were just taking a little bit of a break, but we are back now. Don't worry. Um, and yeah, it's it's crazy that it's like you said, it, ten days basically, and it's going to be free agency. Like. Um, it is really remarkable uh, that, that we've gotten to this point so far. And um, I, I don't know what it is. It just felt like the whole month of February is kind of blew by. And um, yeah, so we're here to talk about, we have a lot of topics. Um, it's not like uh, there's going to be any shortage of topics. We talked about one retirement, but then uh, last week um, there was, uh, what was it last? It was six days ago. We were recording us on Saturday. So I think it was last Sunday. 
there's another surprise uh, there for waiting for us. So, um, yeah, we were here to talk about it. Yeah, seven years in a Buccaneer uniform, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler in his final season, Ali Marpet, our offensive guard, one of the best guards in Bucks history, call it a career. And a statement actually came out in an interview with his dad, of all people, and it kind of confirmed what many people had thought. This dude played at such a high level, but seven years in the NFL. If it, if I'm wrong here, I don't think I am. 28 years old, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, for an offensive lineman, you don't typically think of, you know, these guys taking abuse like that. But, I mean, it is contact every single play. And uh, Ali Marpet is choosing his health in a long-term situation. He retired. Couple days later, proposes to his girlfriend. He's getting married, so um, hats off to Mal- uh, Ali Marpet. Let's clap it up for the big guy, yeah. right? Yeah, one of the best offensive linemen in Tampa Bay history. Wish we could have had him a little bit longer, but you know what? You you can't blame him at all for uh, making a choice like that. No, 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 absolutely not. And you know, he's very fortunate to to go out really in good health, right? Um. Somebody like Luke Keekley, who kept playing and kept playing and kept playing, even though Ali Marpet didn't really sustain as many injuries as Keekley did, uh, you know, Keekley's life might not be the same now, right? Because, I mean, one more concussion and that dude might be done. So, you know, yeah, it's awesome for Marpet to be able to walk away. You know, he did it all, right? He made the NFL out of Hobart yeah. for one, yeah. right? Um doesn't have to say, oh, I never made a Pro Bowl. Did that. Doesn't have to say, oh, I didn't make a lot of money. Did that. Doesn't have to say, oh, I didn't play well. Did that. Doesn't have to say, oh, I'm not, I didn't win a Super Bowl. Did that. So what more was there to accomplish, you know? And obviously it was a surprise, right? Anytime a 28-year-old retires at, you know, at a high level, it's going to be a surprise. But you know, at the same time now, this creates an interesting scenario. We'll get into it with the Bucks offensive line group because there's a real potential that three guys from their 2020 and 2021 offensive line could now be gone, right? We know one definitely is an Ali Marpet and the other two maybe. So, yeah, it was, it was certainly a, um, a surprise. I initially thought it was a fake tweet because I saw it from Greg Allman at first. Um, and, you know, with Twitter nowadays, you never know. Yeah, uh, but um, I initially thought it was fake, and I was like, "Hmm." And then I actually went on Twitter myself. I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, it, I'll, I'll tell you. We'll talk about the offensive line while we've already talked about Ali Marpet. I'll I'll close it with this. Obviously, one of the best offensive linemen in Bucks history. I've said that a bunch of times. Has to be one of the best small school draft picks. Of all time. Like, I I know that there's a couple of guys on this offensive line, Ryan Jensen being one of them. We'll talk about him here in a second. But, you know, these guys pride themselves on not only making a name for themselves in the NFL, but coming out of a school that, you know, you really just is definitely not at the top of any scouts list. You know, I mean, like uh, the, the way that these guys have put on for their program, the level of play that Ali Marpet has put on the field over the last seven seasons has really been a blessing to this organization. And I'm glad that he was able to get a ring, get it done. And his last quarterback ever was the greatest of all time. Like what a way to go out, right? Dude goes out a champion. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, you're, you're really, it's the perfect career. <laughs> that, yeah. that literally is the perfect career. Um, 
then he obviously he was friends with Donovan Smith. He got to play alongside one of his closest friends, you know, really literally right next to him winning a championship. Like that's stuff that movies are made of, man. So the, um, the Allie and Donovan show, I know we haven't yeah. gotten any new installments of that over the last couple of seasons, but the real ones remember if you were watching the bucks before Brady, we didn't have Tommy and Gronky. We had the Allie and Donovan show. And, and that was really good stuff, man. I'm going to miss that for sure. Let's talk about Ryan Jensen. As we talk about these guys on the offensive line, potential free agents, and of course, we'll get a little bit more into what Bruce Arians and Jason Light said about these guys at the Combine this week, but there has been some smoke on the Twitterverse, uh, as there usually is this time of year, right? But it definitely makes a lot of sense. The Bengals are a team that that might be interested in a guy like Ryan Jensen, and for Ryan Jensen, it's a really good situation for him if he wants to continue winning the level that Cincinnati can probably continue to win. Obviously, they need to bolster up their offensive line. Played a great game in the Super Bowl, but when you give up a record amount of sacks in the playoffs, you know, the trenches are only going to get you so far. So they know what they need to do, and Ryan Jensen is one of the guys on their list. What do you think about all of this, man? Do you think Ryan Jensen, who has said before that he would like to retire in Tampa, do you think he does what he can to try and stay in the red and pewter, or is you know, moving on to the next winning team, what's going to be on his agenda? Well, yeah, I mean, first off, you know, in that Super Bowl, um, the offensive line held up decent for Cincinnati in the first half, but in yeah, the second they, half then. They did. I, uh, we we actually uh, haven't talked about the Super Bowl. No. Everybody watched it. We know the team that won. Um, but, yeah, I thought the first half of that game for Cincinnati, they were hanging tough, man. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the second half, though, happened. And, um, you know, yeah, they sort of got dominated. So Ryan Jensen makes a lot of sense. Um, Ryan Jensen makes a ton of sense for the Bengals. Um, You know, you want to upgrade your offensive line, get the best center on the open market. Like, you know, uh, there's a rumor, uh, I believe Adam Pacman Jones, who was a former Bengal, had said that he had heard, no, I mean, Adam Pacman Jones. So take it with a grain of salt, if you will. But he had heard that Ryan Jensen to the Bengals is going to happen for a three-year deal for about $39 million, which would be about $13 million a year, um, which would make Jensen, I believe, the highest-paid center in the NFL and would be, I, I think, the Bucks paid him $10 million a year uh, for on a four-year deal originally. So if he gets 13, I, I think you can wave goodbye to him. Uh, I do think he likes Tampa. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. We don't know if that rumor is true or not. Uh, it's still very early. D- despite me saying that free agency is very close, stuff like that is still very early to tell. So, I, I will say this. While we are on the topic of Cincinnati and we are on the topic of rumors regarding Bucks players, Rob Gronkowski has yet to announce. Yeah, they're they're both they're both going to be. Yeah, I I guess I I guess the uh, the Bengals are the next Tampa Bay. Maybe they'll lure Tom Brady out of retirement, and you know, we'll they'll send us five first. Well, they have they have the next Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. They they do actually. You're right. Uh, Rob Gronkowski had said in an interview, I think it was on a Twitch stream somewhere, uh, that if he had to pick a quarterback to play with in the NFL right now, it would be Joe Burrow. He just he likes his style. Everybody likes Joe Burrow. How can you not like the kid? Wait, wait, wait. he he didn't say Blaine Gabbert? Surprisingly, no. Man. Yeah, he didn't say Blaine Gabbert. He didn't say Kyle Trask. He said Joe Burrow in this candid question. I feel like Gronk's going to retire again, but if he doesn't, uh, do you buy the smoke of of him going to Cincinnati because uh, again, like I said, a lot of these guys are 
you know, looking at how teams have built themselves over the last two years, the Rams won a championship doing it. The Bucks mm. won a championship doing it. I hate to put a cliche name on it, but it's almost like a dawn of a super team era in the NFL. And in Cincinnati, while they have to work on the trenches, seems like a lot of people want to play with Joe Burrow. Well, I mean, everybody talks about the impact that Rob Gronkowski has as a blocker too. Yeah. So that's another thing, you know, trying to protect Joe Burrow a little bit more. Um, I don't know if I necessarily, I mean, I, I buy the, the injuries from Gronkowski, but I don't know if I necessarily buy um, the thing about, you know, Gronkowski going to the Bengals. I do buy, however, Gronkowski maybe signing with the Bills, maybe, because it was reported even that, like, the Bills made an offer to Gronkowski last offseason. Gronkowski was available. He was on the open market for a few days before Tampa re-signed him. Um, and the Bills made an offer to Gronkowski. Gronkowski is from the Buffalo area. I believe grew up a Bills fan. That's something I could see. Uh, they, they might have a need at tight end. Josh Allen's obviously a fantastic player. Uh, they should have been in the AFC Championship game this past year playing against Joe Burrow. I think there's a good chance they end up in the AFC Championship game or even the Super Bowl. So that makes a lot of sense. But one thing that actually, you know, was interesting to me, and this is what something that Bruce Arians had said at the Combine, um, leave on Tuesday when, when talking to the local media, he said that Gronkowski was training at the Bucks facility two times a week. Now, you know, it's it happens, right? I remember during his free agency year, Quan Alexander was training at the Bucks facility before he was uh, eventually signed with the 49ers. Um, so, like, that so happens because technically, he's not like the Bucks have his rights technically until the new league year starts. But like he's still a, a free agent to be, essentially. So I found that interesting, though, that he was training at the facility. Maybe that shows he does want to continue playing football. I, You know, me and you assumed, and many people assume, not just us, but um, you know, that Gronkowski would hang it up when Brady did. And if I had to guess, I would say he probably retires. But honestly, it would not shock me if he continued playing. And I think the Bills could be a suitor. Honestly, though, I think the Bucs could be a suitor, too. I, I, I really do. I think Gronkowski likes it in Tampa. I think he likes the coaches. And I think they really like him as a, as a blocker, um, as obviously a receiving threat. So if Gronkowski continues to play, I do think the Bills will be in the mix. But I think the Bucs won't, won't, won't be counted out either. Yeah. Let's wrap up this conversation for blockers in Tampa Bay by talking about the right guard position. We know that both Alex Kappa and Aaron Stinney are scheduled to be free agents at this point. I'm curious to know your opinion, but from what I know, you know, you definitely don't get all the sexy reports like you do about Rob Gronkowski training at the facility. You don't get those same reports about guys like Alex Kappa and Aaron Stinney. So I haven't heard a whole lot about them, but if I had to guess, you know, we are assuming we're 10 days away from the start of the league here. A lot of people are going to be assuming. I feel like it's just going to be one or the other, right? Do, do you feel like the Bucks lean one way or the other? Do you think they maybe make it a priority to try and hang on to both of those guys? You know, what do you think the market for Alex Kappa is going to be? All of these things, I'm interested to, to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I think that, yeah, they try very hard to keep both. I just, with Ali Morpet's retirement changed a lot. 
Yeah, um, it does. I, I have a hard time believing that the Bucks in one offseason are going to lose. They're starting left guard, they're starting <laughs> center, they're starting right guard, and there's st- their backup guard who is going to fill in for one of them. I think Ali Morpet's retirement changes a lot, and I think that you know, maybe if Jensen goes, I think it means that Cap is going to stay. I think his, I think his market value is around nine million or so. so. That's what you're looking at. Maybe, maybe pushes ten if if you know bidding war starts. Who knows? Um, he's still young, still good, um, but I I don't think Stinny will be that expensive. So I think it's easier to retain Kappa and Stinny. Uh, now, all three, Kappa, Stinny, Jensen, I don't think you can keep all three. Uh, but, you know, I do think it's it's easier to, to retain Kappa and Stinny. And if I had to guess, I would say that's their that's the direction they go. I, I do think Ryan Jensen to the Bengals makes a lot of sense. I know in those frequency fits when, when, like, it makes a ton of sense, normally it doesn't happen. But that one just feels like, like the Bengals are going to make it a priority. So I would say that Kappa and Stinny return, uh, then the Bucks are shopping for a for a center. So um, yeah, I haven't heard much on on either guy, but I I don't that's not a bad thing. I don't really think. Yeah. So the combine was this week in Indianapolis. Our buddy Mister Bucks Nation was actually there. We'll be talking to him soon. But Bruce Arians and Jason Light spoke to the media, and for people hoping to get an update on the Buccaneers quarterback situation. Uh, It wasn't really the one that they were hoping for. I think the biggest impression people took away from this is that Bruce Arians is ready to roll the dice on a guy like Kyle Trask. And he also said something along the lines of Blaine Gabbert having the answers to the test, which is what a lot of people remember Tom Brady telling the Buccaneers before they won the Super Bowl against Kansas city. Um, So like, what do you, what do you think? What did, what did you take away this week from what BA and, and Jason Light were telling the media. Well, I mean, one thing that I thought was was clear is that they really don't believe that many quarterbacks are going to be available for trade. Um, Deshaun Watson will be out there. Jimmy Garoppolo will be out there. But other than that, eh, like, if, if you want Sam Darnold, you could probably get Sam Darnold oh, in a trade. But, no, you know, don't say no, that. I mean, oh, I'm just saying, who wants Sam Darnold? Like, yeah, it just know. made me physically um, ill. I mean, the Panthers uh, without Sam Darnold are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL next year. But, oh. oh. Well, I'm not saying you know, that how people are going to roll with him. So, oh, Sam yeah, Darnold? Yeah, yeah Evan said on the um, Cannon Fire podcast that the Bucks <laughs> should sign Sam Darnold. Um, so, I mean, obviously, like those types of guys, but like. Other than that, Teddy I would, well, no, I'm, yeah, I'm about the trade options per yeah, se. Yeah, yeah. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I personally think he's going to return to Green Bay. Um, Russell Wilson, I don't think the situation in Seattle is like all sunshine and rainbows, but I do think he'll probably give it one more year in Seattle and just see how it goes. Um, yeah, Derek Carr doesn't sound like he's moving. Even a guy like Kirk Cousins doesn't sound like he's moving. So when you're talking about potential quarterbacks for trade, does Jimmy Garoppolo that's going to also – Jimmy Garoppolo is not the huge name, right? But also he's going to have shoulder surgery next week. So he's not going to be throwing for a few months now. Uh, do you want to take a chance on that and give him a third-round pick? Like probably not. Uh, Deshaun Watson – 
the Bucks, you know, there was a report a few weeks ago that the Bucks were looking into the Sean Watson, this and that, just doing our due diligence. And it doesn't sound like um, the Bucks are going to be making a move for Deshaun Watson. It doesn't sound like that's something that's going to happen. So other than that, there's not many options to trade for. So you're left with the free agents or you're left with the guys you already have. The guy they already have is Kyle Trask. He's the only quarterback on the active roster right now. Um, Blaine Gabbard's a free agent. Ryan Griffin, I think, is technically a free agent. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. So I didn't think a trade was likely before the combine, but I think especially now afterwards, uh, I, I can't imagine a trade happens. I got to tell you, um, I'm sure I, along as everybody else, and listen, there's going to be people who listen to this podcast and they disagree with how you and I feel about this. I know that there are going to be people in the comments who still feel pretty passionately that the Buccaneers will be able to pull off a blockbuster trade and they will end yeah. up with a stud at quarterback. I'm not saying it can't happen because it isn't a 0% chance that it happens. But I'll tell you, man, before the combine, I mean, hell, the last time that we did a podcast, I was kind of in that camp. Like if these last two seasons have given me feelings of anything other than pure enjoyment, it's the confidence that my team is just going to make this trade because, I mean, let's face it, there's been plenty of times where we have scoffed at trades here on the podcast and, I mean, even on Twitter and social media, and the Bucks go out and do it. You, you know, they either go out, not necessarily trade for somebody, but they make that signing that you didn't expect them to make, but obviously it ended up being the best piece that they needed at that time, led to a Super Bowl championship, which we will never stop talking about, but you guys know the rest of the story. So I think for a lot of the people who are still optimistic, there's still, there's still plenty of reason to be, but let's kind of address the uncomfortable ele elephant in the room before we talk more about what BA and Jason light said. It, it does seem increasingly likely that this might be a little bit of a gap year for the bucks. If they, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I think re-signing Chris Godwin's going to be a priority. I still think he's going to be on this roster week one next year. I think the defense is going to be different. Guys like Jason Pierre, Paul have expressed an interest in continuing to play, whether it's in Tampa Bay or not. And he and wasn't Dominic Sue as well. And Dominica Sue as well. It, Sue was fine. I, I don't know how I would feel about the Bucks re-signing him. I don't mind it. It'd be cool to see them draft a stud in the first round and get a little bit younger at that position. But, you know, you just signed Vita Vea to a long-term deal. He's going to be here. A lot of the pieces of this Bucks team are still going to be here, mainly the Jason Light draft picks, which he has knocked out of the park these recent years. But, I mean, what is the direction of this Bucks team in 2022? Because it's a touchy subject for a lot of people. And, yeah. you know, for folks hoping for them to win another franchise-high 13 games, it might be a conversation we need to have. Well, for folks thinking about that, I want you to do two things. One, I want you to look at their realistic options at quarterback. And I want you to look at their slate of opponents for 2022. And you tell me if you think they're going to win 13 games. I think even if they had like a Derek Carr, it would be tough to win 13 games with that schedule. Um, you'd be looking at maybe 12 at most. You know, you'd be looking more in the 10, 11 range with, with even like a talented guy like Derek Carr. Um, it's a tough schedule. So when you're talking about it being kind of a gap year, look, the Patriots went through it, right? Now they have Mac Jones, who they obviously they think is their guy, regardless of what you think about Mac Jones. Um, the Saints just went through it. Right. I mean, they almost they almost made the playoffs. Uh, you know, there's 
there's going to be some, I mean, the chargers were about to go through it before, you know, Herbert just lit the world on fire. Like they were, they, they were going to start Tyrod Taylor. And then, you know, Tyrod Taylor got hurt and Justin Herbert stepped in and boom, you know, after Philip Rivers, um, the Steelers might do it this year. You know, it, it happens. Um, what you hope doesn't happen is a situation like the Broncos where Peyton Manning retires and then they have no answers. Like they just, they throw everything at the wall and nothing sticks. You know, that, that's what you hope doesn't happen. Is Blaine Gabbard that guy? Maybe. I mean, I don't think Blaine Gabbard's that good, but I, I do think there's a decent chance he could be the starter. Is there worse options? Probably. Is there better options? Probably. Um, but, you know, when you're talking about being a gap year, I don't think it's the end of the world. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be tough to accept that for a lot of people because, you know, they've had the best two-year run in franchise history. And they're like, you know, oh, well, this and that. Look, like, that's sports. Like, you have your highs and you have your lows. And when we say gap year, that doesn't mean we think the Bucs are going to go 2-15 and 15 next year. Like, that, that's not what we're saying. I, but I, I don't may, maybe, even think you know, there's a possibility. 2-15, maybe they don't go 13-4, and four, okay? It's not, it's not the end of the world. Maybe they don't you know? go 13-4 and four with Blaine Gabbert as the starter, but if they roll well, with Kyle Trask, yeah, I mean, if they roll with Blaine Gabbert over Kyle Trask, I feel like they could win more games. But let's be You'd honest, win more games. with the roster – the Bucs still have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin on offense. You're going to have to figure out the running back situation. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more about what BA said at the combine this week, but we said this in one of our previous videos on YouTube, the Bucs still have pieces to win, man. You can build this defense up. There's still a lot of work to be done with this defense. And a lot of it looks promising. Sounds like Joe Tryon's gonna be hitting the weight room, right? I mean, that guy's already big. He's fast. He's lanky but you beef him up a little bit, throw some protein powder in his morning milkshake. I mean, come on, man. There's a lot of exciting things with this Bucks team to talk about. And if you have listened to this podcast over the years, you know that we have seen worse. I don't think the Bucks are going to go out there and go 5-12. and 12. I, I, I don't think they go 6-11. and 11. I don't know if they win 10 or 11 games. But, I mean, I, I feel like with a guy like Kyle Trask, your floor, your floor is three wins. Yeah, I mean, it's a depressing yeah, I mean, year after winning yeah, the Super yeah. Bowl and, you know, <laughs> Tom Brady's final season. But let's be let's be honest with ourselves. But I, again, free agency is yet to start. Jason Light, Bruce Arians, it sounds like they're chomping at the bit. I mean, they're probably a little reluctant. It's hard to lose the best quarterback in NFL history and then Ali Marpet right behind him. But it seems like they're excited to build this team. Bruce Arians said it's what he loves the most is building teams, putting together a core of players, and making a run at a championship. And regardless of what the team looks like week one, that's what everybody in that locker room's intention is, is, is to win another championship. So it's like, you know, we just have to wait and see. I, I know we're kind of tossing a bunch of stuff in the air right now. That's the nature of this episode of the pod. But, I, I mean, folks, it's that time of year, you know? So, yeah, it's it's not just a one-year thing. Like, why can't they have a down year in 2022 so they can rise in 2023, you know? And when they rise in 2023, they can stay good for 2024 and 2025 and 2026. Like, you know, and then you can get a little bit of a run. 
So why does it have to be, you know, if they trade for Russell Wilson, great, you know, they'll be really good this year. Like, great, you know, but like, it, it doesn't have to be that way. Um, I would personally be surprised if Kyle Trask was the week one starter. Maybe if Blaine Gabbert ends up being the starter, Kyle Trask eventually gets some reps down the road during the season. But as far as like week one, I, I would be surprised. Um, but like I said, I mean, the Patriots had a, had a gap year and they were in the playoffs the very next year, right? The, the Saints had a gap year and they almost made the playoffs. They were, they got bounced they got eliminated the last week of the season i think they didn't they go 10 and 7 or 9 and 8 so like it's not like we i do go ahead i was gonna say we won't mention what happened to the patriots once they got into the playoffs but no, it but is just a testament it is just a testament to team building and if you're anything more than a casual fan especially if you are more than a casual fan to the tampa bay buccaneers you know a thing or two about team building and um i, I love team building that's like, yeah yeah, I, I, the amount of mock offs, and it's for any sport. Like, you should see my notes. Like, I have Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, but I have all these mock off seasons and stuff. Like, it, it's great. Like, you know, like franchise mode and stuff like that in the video games. Like, it, it's it's so fun. Um, but you know, I I just think that I do think six, six and what would it be six and twelve, right? That no, or six six and eleven. Yeah, six and eleven. Six and eleven. I do think that could be realistic, just because depending on what happens, injuries can always happen, and their schedule is brutal. Like th their schedule <laughs> is literally brutal. Um, it's almost gonna... like the NFL gave them this schedule, thinking this would be Tom Brady's final season. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like just, they it's wanted luck. to just put him through the ringer one more it's time. Just, it's it's just luck, honestly. <laughs> it's just the role. It's just how everything shaped out when you're playing the divisions like of course when the Bengals are actually good now that's when the bucks have to play them um <laughs> you know so hey, hey uh, bucks are also the first team in nfl history to lose a home game to go play yeah. in munich germany and listen i'm grateful yeah. for the international games i am not grateful for our season ticket holders who experienced a price hike for one less home game uh, that is unfortunate, but it is rumored to be Kansas City. So while we're talking about yeah, that's updates, a that's a little game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you're gonna lose the home crowd for for a game against the Chiefs for a Super Bowl rematch. You're gonna yeah. lose the home crowd. You had a chance to have Bucks Chiefs in the same exact place where Super Bowl Fifty Five was played, and you were like, no. It's obviously not confirmed that Kansas City is the team yeah, just yet. The NFL rumored. hasn't announced it, but. It is more than a rumor at this point, um, so we'll see what happens. But I mean, I do, I do think they could win six, six games. And if they win six games and get the tenth pick, guess what? You're getting a real difference maker there. Maybe you do get the quarterback of the future, right? What if Trash starts a few games and doesn't play well, and then you can get your quarterback for the next ten years, and and then you're back in the playoffs. Then was that one year of winning only six games was it worth it? Should be, like you know, that th that should be worth it. Um, so yeah, like it's not the end of the, of the world. They're not going to win thirteen games. They're they're not going to do it. They're also probably not going to lose thirteen games. Like like there there is a there is a middle ground there, and I think you know the range is now again, the, the range is probably six to eight wins. However, to cap this conversation off before we get back into our final topic, folks, there's an entire offseason still to go. Okay, <laughs> we haven't even started free agency yet. We don't know who's on the roster. We don't know what the draft's going to look like. We're assuming that Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask are going to be the two quarterbacks. 
It could be Teddy Bridgewater. It could be Andy Dalton. It could still be a trade. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows, you know? Um, does Carson Wentz get released? It could be him. Russell Wilson could magically say, I'm out of here, and it could be him. Who knows? Um, you know, it, it's – we don't know. So it, it's tough to reject exactly – that's why we do a season prediction show right before the year. So stay tuned for that when we have a schedule and everything, a set schedule. But um, yeah, it's the the topic, the to cap it off, a gap year is not the worst thing in the world. It's just you have to be able to do it right because, like I said, you can turn out like the Patriots and miss the playoffs one year, then be right back, or you can turn out like the Broncos and they still don't have a solution at quarterback. Yeah. Um, is Kyle Trask basically Paxton Lynch? Basically, <laughs> is the question I'm asking. <laughs> it, it'll be interesting to find out. As far as season predictions go, I, I think it's going to be a tough year to uh, to continue our hot streak the way that we have. We have I don't know. Hot. I I don't know, man. Well, I I, I when they when. When I predict the Bucks suck, they suck. When I predict they're good, they're good. Yeah, so, but how much are they going to suck this year is the question. Like, like we have said this entire show, we'll have a much better idea of these things in the next coming weeks, and, and we are back to keep you guys updated on that, so stay locked right here and over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts. So we're going to keep you updated on the status of this team, but, like, how much are they going to suck this year? Is it it... Is it going to be so bad that we embrace the suck? Is it going to get that ugly? Or, no, again, are the Bucks going to be, you know, uh, hey, Bucks are betting favorites to win the NFC South. Is that still Dude, a realistic the goal? Sa- the NFC South might suck. Yeah, I mean, we just like, talked about the literally Panthers. Literally, the, the Bucks, the Bucks might be able to make it into the playoffs going 9-8. and eight. Like the, it, That's a real possibility. Listen, I, it doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. You get mm-hmm. to the dance, you got as good of a chance as anybody else. I mean, and if you win the, the division, you get a home playoff game. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's, there's a real chance that they can win the South. You know, like I said, whole offseason to go, all four teams, you know, we'll, we'll see what they all do in the offseason. But, Man, Sean Payton's not the head coach of the Saints anymore. I know Dennis Allen still dominates the Bucks. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, the Panthers and Falcons, who knows what's going on with them? There's a real chance that that they could. Um, but there's also a chance that, like I said, that gap year happens, they miss the playoffs, and you know, then you're you're trying to to not rebuild, but I, I think Scott Reynolds said it from Peter Report. He said in a Fab Five, a reboot, not 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 a rebuild. You, you a wouldn't reboot. dub it. You wouldn't dub it a reload. No, no. Oh. I think even he he said that because technically, you're not going to be reloading the same roster. It's going to oh, be a different right. roster. It, it's a reboot. It's you know, it's a little. It's the same, but a little different. Right, right. Like an updated operating system. I, yeah, I, I, and and one way they can help do that is through the NFL draft. Yeah, very true. Listen, we will forever miss our Lord and Savior, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. The man who led us to the promised land, who made the Bucks the most relevant team in the NFL for two straight seasons. But I got to tell you, dude, as, as someone who's been rooting for the Bucks my entire life, this is a very interesting time to talk about this football team. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it because the ones who have been there through the good and the bad, you know, you can appreciate when a bad year ends up being two, three, four good years. And, and hopefully the Buccaneers can come out of this season. We'll be talking to you a year from now with, with more positive things being said. But, like, I, I think the uncertainty of it is a little bit exciting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. know, I will if say they still thing. had Tom Brady, it would be the same conversation. We're gearing yeah. up for another championship yeah. run, baby. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be shooting to be the one seed this year. We're going to get mm-hmm. home field advantage, uh, all of that good stuff. And that's a great conversation to be had. Like I will be forever grateful that the cannon fire podcast was a thing during the Tom Brady era. Some of the best seasons in franchise history. We got to watch them. We got to talk about it. And that's some of the best experiences of my life. But like this right here, I think this is what takes our podcast to a, to an entirely different level. When you can start to talk about the team and uh, measure how much they may or may not suck next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, one thing I will say completely wasted my great segue to the NFL draft, but uh, yeah, well, um, listen, I had to get one more, I had to get one more Brady reference out because eventually it's not going to be cool to be doing that. Well, I mean, everybody's still talking about him like he's playing, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I guess he's going to be know. traded to San Francisco, is what the internet. He's going to be me. playing for every team, apparently. You know, every team but Tampa. That's that's where he's going. Um, yeah, I don't know. And then, oh, and also one thing, and I think Scott Reynolds might have mentioned this too: having Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask as your only two quarterbacks would leave the door open if Tom Brady wants to come back. Like in in June, if he says like. I'm serious about this. Like, I, <laughs> I, I know you are. I can I'm, see the look in your eye. Like, I, yeah, like, I, you know, like, he's like, oh, I want to be back. Um, you know, that, that would open the door. How is it going to be possible? Reynolds brought it up. How is it going to be possible if they have Russell Wilson on the roster? Then, then you're going to have to trade Tom Brady, right? Like, then, then if he says he wants to come back, well, then you have to trade him because you can't have <laughs> Russell Wilson and Tom Brady taking up, you know, $100 million at Caswell. Um, so that would leave the door open. However, I mean, Arian said the combine, he slammed it shut. So yeah. we're not going to talk about Tom Brady much more when discussing the, the future of the team. Um, but uh, yeah, it's always just like you said, like we could have been doing this podcast at any point in the timeline, but we were able to do it during the, the era where the greatest football player of all time was playing for the Buccaneers and it, not only that they won a Super Bowl like it's not just like oh yeah he played for them they went eight and eight and then ten and six and then he retired no like they reached the pinnacle you know they reached the top and um yeah it was, it was crazy that we were able to experience that as a podcast I know you were chomping at the bit to talk about the NFL draft but one more thing uh, the, the franchise tag deadline is on March 8th. That is three days yes. from when we are recording this. So who do you think is going to get it? It's I, If I had to assume, I think it's going to be Carlton Davis. I, I think Chris Godwin is enough of a priority for this team where they want to get him locked up to a long-term deal, make him a Buccaneer, because I would hate to see him in any other uniform, to be honest with you. Um, so I think that's a priority for them, and I think hanging on to your best cornerback or at least your number one cornerback is also a priority for them. And the franchise tag seems to be the best option for doing that. Uh, but, w- but what do you think? There's a couple of really good options. They could obviously hit Godwin with the tag again. So you never know. Arians was asked about that at the combine. And I have a, I have a story up on Bucks nation right now. Um, talking about the, the quotes that they had said about Chris Godwin. There's a few questions uh, asked about him and Arians was asked if they could tag him for a, a second straight year and he said uh I, I wouldn't say it's out of the question hopefully not so we can do something else i would love to get him under contract 
So it sounds like the Bucks would prefer to get a long-term deal done, as you do most of the time with these situations. The franchise tag is kind of used as, as a last resort. Now, the interesting thing is since the Bucks tagged Chris Godwin last offseason, this offseason they could tag him again. This would be the last offseason they could tag him again, but the price would go up. It, last year, I believe the franchise tag was around $16 million for Godwin. Uh, this year would be about nineteen. So if you're paying $19 million for one year, why not pay him like 18 and a half mil for five years? So like, you know, the franchise tag for me for Godwin doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, I will say, though, one thing before we really get into Carlton Davis, I would be shocked. The vibe that I got and some of the things I heard in Indy, uh, just and just also just some of the quotes that were made public, but also you know some of the things that I have heard when talking to some people, I would be shocked if Chris Godwin played anywhere else in 2022. I mean, they, uh, Mike Greenberg is probably sitting there like, "What are you guys doing?" Because you're ruining all my leverage here when when it comes to you know trying to make the money work. Because. Um, yeah, Arians had said Chris is so valuable to what we do, and obviously we really, really want him back. Jason Light even said, I mean, he went as far as to say it would be hard for me to imagine moving forward without Chris. That is a clear, I mean, he's saying hard for him to imagine. Like that's I, I don't I, I mean, he probably said something similar to maybe something, you know, similar to that when talking about Mike Evans a couple of years ago before they signed him to a long-term deal. But like, yeah, that's, it, that's there's not just, something there, you say lightly. There's no way. There's no yeah. way you make that comment and then he goes somewhere else. Right. There's, there's no way. So that's, that's real quick. We have plenty of time to talk about Chris Godwin. We'll be doing podcasts before free agency hits, when free agency hits, we'll be doing it all. We're back folks. Um, but yeah, Carlton Davis, I think Davis is the most likely candidate. Now, you know, to put out there, the Bucs don't have to use the franchise tag. Like, they don't have to. Um, they used it on Shaq Barrett in 2020, and they used it on Chris Godwin in 2021, but they don't have to use it for a third trade year. They really, history shows you they haven't really used it much. Um, I still would bet, though, that Carlton Davis gets the tag. The way they talked about him said, yeah, we really like him, but he's got to stay healthy. Uh, he needs to play in all, all 16 games. He missed, I believe, seven games last season. So I think they're going to give him the, the tag, which is about $16 million. A lot of people are going to say, well, that's too much. Look, that's what you're going to get paid as a corner. Corner's a valuable position. Um, I mean, realistically, we'll see where it goes. realistically, we talk about market value for a lot of these guys, Carlton Davis, let's discuss that for a minute. I'm not sure what his number is mm -hmm. estimated at. Um, but I mean, I, I still feel like 16 million. I, I don't know if there's a lot of teams out there that would pay him that kind of money. Uh, realistically, if he were to hit the op or if he were to hit the open market. And I say that strictly because he missed half the season, you know, seven games is a lot of games for, for any corner. Yeah, it is. Um, but, I mean, he's 25 years old. He's a good young corner, number one corner. Spot Rack's calculated market value is 19.6 for him. Yeah, they're, they're projected as a five-year, uh, $98 million contract. Um, he'd be the second highest paid corner in the league. The comparable players, and I will say, um, 
you know, these comparable players, you are right. It would be, I think, a little rich, which why, which is why the franchise tag for only 16 million makes sense, right? The Bucks get him a little bit of a discount there for just one year. Um, Jalen Ramsey, Marshawn Lattimore, Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White. Do you think Carlton Davis is better than any of those four? No. No, I, I, I don't either. I call to Davis is close, but I don't think he's better or on the same level as any of those four. He's probably like a tier below those guys. I think, right. I'm, I'm higher on Carlton Davis than some are. I know a lot of Bucks fans really like Carlton Davis, but like the national guys don't like him as much. Um, I think he's a tier below a lot of those guys. So like, why would you pay him that? Right. So I think they're, they're going to want him to prove that he can stay healthy and Hey, you know, if you go out there and prove that you're in number one corner, I'm sure the Bucks would gladly give you $19.6 million a year uh, next year, you know, on a long-term deal. So. Um, oh yeah. I, I definitely think he's the kind of guy who has the potential to go out there and earn his money. Like he has the talent. He's really turned out to be a great pick for the Bucks. He's been a more than serviceable corner for this team. And when you look at their history of drafting cornerbacks, I, I mean, you have to appreciate a guy like CD. So to have him on the team is good. Seems like the Bucks are going to do what they can to make sure it happens another year. But let's talk about your biggest takeaways from the NFL Combine, which was this week. A lot of rookies to be looked at and a lot of questions still for the Buccaneers in the early rounds of the NFL draft. First round, they're going to be picking at number 27. So you're not going to get a guaranteed superstar, but you still have a pretty good chance to land a stud player if you do your homework, which Evan surely has. So what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I mean, you know, th- this class, it's it's interesting because to me, there's not a lot of elite talent in this class. Like, I don't know how many, you said superstars. I don't know how many superstars even, and anywhere in this class are going to come out of this class, but I think there's a lot of depth. Um, you're going to be able to find quality players in the first four rounds instead of maybe the first three rounds. Maybe you find some gems in the fifth and sixth round. So I think this class does have a lot of depth. It just doesn't have that high-end superstar elite, like, you know, talent. Um, But, you know, it's still there. Um, A big one, which is, I think, talked about really every offseason when it comes to the Bucs, is the running backs. Um. The Bucks have three running backs that are scheduled to be free agents, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, and Giovanni Bernard. And I have a story, again, I have a story up uh, on BucksNation.com uh, detailing that the Buccaneers have met with multiple. And when I say multiple, I mean multiple running backs at the Combine. Now, the Combine visits are more like just saying hi, talking about them, trying to get to know them a little bit on a personal level. The real like interest will be shown when they the Bucks have their top 30 visits and you can literally invite a prospect to visit your facility. That's when like you only get 30 of those. So you're making them count. Like you're choosing 30 guys. Those are clearly the guys you have interest in. Um so, but I mean, as far as like at the Combine, they met with uh Brees Hall from Iowa State who's considered the, the top running back. Uh, Isaiah Spiller from Texas A&M. Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. Georgia's uh, James Cook. Florida's Damian Pierce, who I know a lot of people like. Chris Fisher, uh, friend of the show, friend of ours, uh, former host of the Bucks Brief Podcast. He really likes Damian Pierce. Um, Brian Robinson from Alabama. Uh, Rashad White from Arizona State. Max Borgie. 
or Borgie, not really sure, uh, from Washington State, and Tyler Algarier from BYU. James Cook is from Georgia. He is the brother of Dalvin Cook. So there's a, a little bit of, of family history there. And when you watch them, they're very similar players. Um, but he said that he, he met with the Bucs and uh, he described his meeting as good and said that they asked a lot of questions like any team would, but it was a great conversation between the two. Uh, he's a guy, he's not a first. And honestly, none of these running backs to me are, are round one guys. Um, something that, that I talk with, 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 like with the depth. I don't think there's a top end running back that like needs to be drafted at 27, right? Like there isn't a Najee Harris in this class. I don't think that person's there. I don't even think a guy like Travis Etienne is there. Like there's not a bona fide, like, oh, this is the guy. Um, but there, there's a lot of depth, right? You're going to be able to find, even in the fourth round, you'll be able to find a good running back. So uh, it'll be interesting. Cook will be a guy who's probably going to be picked sometime on day two, I would say. Maybe at the earliest, the late second, which would which would fall in line with the Bucks there. Uh, at the latest, maybe the late third, which I think would be an ideal scenario. But uh, Kyron, Kyron Williams of Notre Dame, he he also sat down with the Bucks and he actually said um, he was able to sit down with and talk to everybody in the whole organization. He said from Coach Arians to the GM, he explained that he was really excited to be able to tell them the type of player I am and I'll tell them what I can bring to their team. So it appears that he had a really good meeting with the Bucks. He has a lot of the stuff that they want. Um, he's kind of like a younger version of Giovanni Bernard, where he's like a receiving back that can run a little bit. James Cook is too, but um, yeah, Williams is, is definitely on their radar, it seems. So I, I know we say this every year and it rarely happens because like they've drafted two running backs on day two. And one of them is Ronald Jones and the other is Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, but I think they're going to draft the running back within the first three or four rounds. Uh, and I think there's a good chance that's going to be one of those nine names that I mentioned. I know I mentioned a lot there, but um, I mean, we can talk a little bit about, you know, we, we have time to talk about the draft. So I want to tie us into fragrancy a little bit. I want you to get, I want to get your thoughts on the, this meetings, but after that, let's talk about the future sort of of Fournette Jones and Bernard really quick before we close this thing out. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, it, there's a lot of talk about the skill positions in the early rounds for Tampa Bay. I mean, wide receiver has been listed as an option. We have said it before on the show that it is something that they could consider. It's a fun thought if they're going to move on from Chris Godwin. And that's a pretty big if. It's a pretty expensive if. You talk about filling out the needs of this football team. You and I talked about this a couple of days ago. But my opinion, I I'd like to hear a little bit more about the trenches being addressed in the first or second round. I mean, you talk about free agents on both sides of the football, guys either retiring or continuing their NFL career somewhere that is not Tampa Bay. Jordan Davis, you know, a big defensive lineman like him. He's a talk of the town today after running a, a 4 yeah, seven, and, eight, and 40 yard for, dash. You can forget about him being at 27. Yeah, I, I don't think happen. he's going to be at 27 <laughs> after his performance today. But I, I like talking about guys like that because if you – hypothetically, if he is there, could you imagine the duo of Jordan Davis and Vita Vea together? Like, that? that's your long-term answer at the middle of your defensive line, the most important position where you can control the ball every single snap and get after the quarterback, open doors for not-that-great edge rushers, even though you still have Shaq Barrett locked up for a couple more years. Like, like, there's plenty to talk about with this defensive line in particular, and I think that's what I like hearing about the most. But 
you know, it seems like the Bucks should definitely address the trenches in the first few rounds. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I mean, they may have to address the offensive line in the first few rounds, the interior offensive line. Your tackles are set, right? Obviously, yeah. Tristan Wirfs, and you just signed Diamond Smith to an extension. So your tackles are set. You're not really going to be looking for one of those, but you could be looking for a guard. You know, you could be looking for a center. I doubt it would be center since they just drafted Robert Hainsey. I think they like his development. I would guess if this is a, if Ryan Jensen moves on, I would guess the Bucks sign a veteran center to replace him because I don't know if they think Robert Hainsey's quite ready. Uh, I think they would sign a veteran center to replace him, and then they would try and bring Kappa back and, and draft a guard there to compete with Stinney for the other spot. Um, the, the tough thing about the trenches, and normally I'm with you, however, this interior defensive line class is not good. It's like it's like literally it's Jordan Day, it's Jordan it, Davis, Devontae Wyatt, and then a bunch of meh. It feels like that's kind of been the case these past couple of years. I remember last we, last year it wasn't good either. Yeah, yeah. We had the same conversation a full year ago. Yeah, yeah. Last year, this this year's class is a very much comparable. This year's class might be slightly better, but last yeah. Um it's not great. So in the first round, I don't think unless like a Jordan Davis would be there and I, he's definitely not going to be. Um, I don't really see anybody worthwhile at 27. If you're talking interior defensive line, now interior offensive line, Zion Johnson, I believe he's from Boston college. Um, yeah, he's, he's a guy who is a, is a guard. He can play plug, basically almost like a plug and play starter. I think, um, but, you know, he's a guy who could be your long-term, you know, answer at guard, and he's a cheap option too, right? We talked about, you know, you get Donovan Smith, and he's over $10 million, and you have Ryan Jensen there, and you have Ali Marpet there. That's three guys that are at $10 million. You don't really want to add a fourth, right? Obviously, Ali Marpet's gone. Ryan Jensen might be gone. So you're trying to maybe, but you're going to have to pay Alex Kappa. What if you have to pay Alex Kappa 10 mil? And then you have the Tristan Wirfs extension. So you're going to have to find ways to get cheaper, talented options there. And a guy like Zion Johnson could be the case. So if you're talking about just round one, I, I do think interior off offensive line is a possibility. Interior de defensive line, to me, they could do it. It would just, it would feel like a reach to me. Um you know, I understand the need, but if you're picking need over best player available, that's when you run into some trouble. Um, so there will be opportunities, uh, and, and we'll talk about it because you don't know about Sue. Obviously, we think Will Golson will be back, but you don't know about him. They definitely – they need to get a little bit younger there. They, they, they do. That's that's no secret. So, um, yeah, it's we, we got a long ways away to talk about the draft. So, um, like I said, free and see right around the corner. Fournette, Jones, Bernard, all three are free agents. I think the best one with the best chance to come back is Bernard. I think he has the best odds to come back. Wow. Really? I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's gonna come back. I mean, we all know Ronald Jones is good as gone. I I, um, I think that may be the case. Um I, I don't know. I'd like to see the Bucs make an attempt to hang on to a guy like Leonard Fournette. I think he could be more than serviceable over the next two seasons. I think or so. don't, don't make but don't make an attempt. But I, are you I'm gonna sure. Pay, are you going to pay him six or seven million dollars a year? Right. When you're crunching the, the numbers, I, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with what other teams are going to see in him. 
and what they're ultimately going to pay him. You know what I mean? Because there's going to be teams out there that want to pay real money for a running back like playoff Lenny. The, the guy has proven himself after almost being cut from the Bucks in December of 2020. He, he or uh, yeah, 2020, he figured it out, yep. man. And he is, yeah, he is and, definitely and he returned. actually played. He played better in 2021 than he did in 2020. Oh yeah. So oh yeah. Like he he you know he cleaned up pass protection. Four, was a really good pass catcher. Four touchdowns against the Colts. Right. The yeah. the one at the end to ice it was just electric. I mean, so many great runs. He tied it up in the playoff, uh, the divisional playoff game. He was the last LA. Bucks touchdown. Yeah, the last touchdown <laughs> of the year was playoff Lenny doing what he does best. Coming in clutch, and obviously we know the Bucks came up short, but I mean, man, you talk about what he has brought to this offense. Yeah. He has been he he learned how to catch the ball this year. Yeah. Like I can't believe we're sitting here gushing over Leonard Fournette because we just used to bitch and moan about him dropping the football, but like he's the most talented running back on the roster. And I know he's yeah. not technically on the roster, he's a free agent. But I'd like to see the Buccaneers try to, to I, keep I, him around. They are gonna try. Yeah, I, I, I do believe they're going to try, but I think it's going to have to be a deal very similar to what he signed last year, which is about one year for $3 million. Um, I just don't think that's going to happen. I don't think – I think there's going to be – I think a lot of teams last year were a little bit hesitant to offer him what he wanted. I had heard he was looking for around 6 to $7 million last year. I think he could easily get that this year, and I – think he's going to he may be a guy that, that looks at the Bucks quarterback situation and says oh my quarterback isn't going to be Tom Brady well then I'm going to go somewhere else um Ronald Jones I think is a mutual thing we all knew Ronald Jones wasn't going to be back that's not breaking news um yeah they, if any player has been vocal about uh his stance on, on they, 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 they both seem they both sides seem just just ready to move on it's is what it is yeah um, and then Giovanni Bernard. I, I don't know if Giovanni Bernard's going to be back. I just think he's the most likely out of the guys based on cost, based on relationships, based on fit that could be back. And I'm just saying, like, you know, you would have Giovanni Bernard sign back and then you'd have Keyshawn Vaughn. You had like a James Cook. I mean, James Cook is one of my favorite players in this entire draft. If, if the Bucks get him, I'll be ecstatic. Um, you have a running back room of James Cook, Giovanni Bernard, and Keyshawn Vaughn pretty good to me honestly well, obviously with Keyshawn Vaughn leading the way right pounding the rock yeah. Bruce Arians no said cow. at the combine this week that you know Keyshawn Vaughn has really stepped it up and he's a starting caliber yeah. NFL running back ask your boy we're, sneak we're watching two different people there Bruce ask your boy sneak bro come on I know I can't doubt sneak oh I I, I for one never doubted him so. it, right yeah when when he had that run against Carolina, I was like, "That's that's the player I've been telling everybody is there." Like, I don't know why nobody wouldn't listen to me. I don't understand. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up with our favorite segment here on the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is the return of the take bag. Evan, the floor is yours. Yeah. So real quick, there is no bag this time. Sorry, folks. I know, I know. There is there is no bag. What kind Trust of gimmick are you time, running here, man? I know, I know. Um, next time though, there will be a take bag. Okay. I, I promise next time there will be a take bag, um, an actual bag, I guess. Um, yeah, let's, let's clarify that he is referring yeah. to the physical bag that he uses as a prop on the video podcast. That would be something, yes. right? It's our first take bag in a few weeks. Uh, Evan, take it away. And you just tell everybody you don't feel like doing one this week. 
Yeah, well, you know, actually, there, the take back is there is no take back. That's the take. <laughs> um, anyway, so J.C. Jackson over the weekend, there was like reports that the Patriots aren't going to franchise tag him, and he's likely to hit the open market. And a lot of people were like, oh, like, you know, the Bucks could sign him, and like, you know, I'd rather him than Carlton Davis. And I would too. I think J.C. Jackson's probably a better player than Carlton Davis. He's more of a, a ball hawk. But, dude, like, J.C. Jackson, there was a report that he's looking to become the highest-paid corner. Like I already talked about earlier, Jalen Ramsey's getting paid $20 million a year. J.C. Jackson is not Jalen Ramsey. Um, he can't, like, shut down one side of the field. I know we talk – I always say, like, there are no shutdown corners nowadays. It's like, look, like, Jalen Ramsey got burnt by Mike Evans a few times. Like, oh, there is – He like, didn't the, get the burnt. He got corner. absolutely cooked in that divisional the, the, game the shutdown corner doesn't exist in today's NFL just with the rules and everything. It just doesn't. Right. But JC Jackson is very good, but everybody's like, Oh, he could be, you know, you'd only have to pay him a little bit more Carlton Davis. This dude is 22 interceptions in the last three years. Picks get you paid, man. The picks get you paid. You know, the reason, one of the reasons why the bucks are going to franchise Carlton Davis and, and not, excuse me, and not re-sign him to a long-term deal worth he, $20 million. He doesn't have 22 picks. Yeah, he doesn't have 22 picks. He has a few picks that he dropped over the last few years. He might, like have a, 20, he might have 22 picks that he's dropped. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he, oh, he man. Has, he has total, Carlton Davis has total six interceptions in four seasons. So, I mean, well, that's not bad, but like. 22 picks in three. Picks get you paid. Like JC Jackson is gonna get the bag. And I'm just like, like, yeah, like you think like you know, there's just, there's no way. Okay, that's that's my take. There's no way JC Jackson is coming. I they're not gonna dump Carlton Davis for JC Jackson, I don't think. So um, yeah, there's that. Moving on to another part of the secondary. I'm very interested to see what happens with Jordan Whitehead. I I'm very interested because we haven't talked about him enough, and I think there's Dude, I think he's going to be one of the best signings yeah, of the I, entire offseason for somebody. I don't know who that is. You know, I, I think I do think there's a decent chance that it's still Tampa. I think they really like him, and I think if the money's there, if the money's right, um, you know, we don't, we don't know the markets of these guys, right? We won't know that until they sign the deals, honestly. <laughs> um, so, like, you know, people on the inside know much more than we do. But in terms of Jordan Whitehead, like Spot Rack has his market value at, let's see, $7.8 million. So that's probably the low end, I think. Once you start to get into a bidding war, he might get up to maybe even 10. Uh, but I mean, if they can get him, they, Spot Rack has a three year deal for $23.6 million. It would, he would, be paid as the 16th highest safety in the league. That's fine. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a steal for, let's be honest. I, I know a lot of people are going to assume we're homers on this, but like you said, Jordan Whitehead has the potential to be the best signing of the year for somebody because his development over the last two seasons, the way that he played last year, I mean, the guy is really everything you would want in the he's safety that he is. Player. He's, yeah. he's, He's just about – he's going to turn 25 um, in, in, a, in a few days. Um, 
So he's still young, still plenty young. And I mean, even if they sign him to that three-year deal, he'd still be able to go back in the market when he's 28. Like it, it'd work out for both sides. So I would really like it if they were able to. Um, like I said, I'm not sure if they were able to. I think there's a decent chance they can, but uh, we'll see. And then my last take will be on another free agent. Um, and then we'll have more like as far as like targets and stuff go in a, a podcast in the future. It will be before free agency, we promise. Um, but my last thing will be about like the Dominican Sue and Jay Spear Paul. I'm going to package these two together. Um, I get the sense that Jay Spear Paul is probably going to be moving on. Um, you know, what he meant to a locker room in Tampa. And really, you know, I think his time in Tampa is going to be kind of overlooked, I, I think, a lot. But like he, he was a, a great leader. And, um, you know, they're, they're going to miss him, but I do think they could look to, to maybe add a free agent, like a rotational pass rusher to replace him. Cause I don't know if they want to just, Hey, Joe Trachowinka, go play, go play 90% of the snaps. Like, I don't, I don't think they want to do that quite yet. So, um, I do think they could add somebody. A name I put on Twitter was Dante Fowler. I think he could be a guy, maybe a return to Florida, right? He's a Florida Gator, got drafted by the Jaguars. Um, maybe he's a guy, but, um, and the Dominican Sioux, like, <laughs> I haven't wanted the Dominican Sioux on this football team for, like, three years, and every year he seems to come back. And, like, he played fine last year, but, like, what's he, 35 at this point? Like, I just don't – like, you ha- like if you're going to pay the Dominican Sioux $8 million, $9 million, you have – like, there has to be a better, younger player that you can get for 8 or $9 million a year on the market. Like, there has to be. I, I don't have any particular names on the top of my head, but there's there's got to be somebody that's a little bit better and a little bit younger. I, I like the Dominican Sioux. I just, I just think they overpay him every single offseason. I think they overpay him. And I, I hope they don't make – not necessarily a mistake, but I just – I hope they don't do it again. I tend to agree. I like Indomitian Sue a lot it, it's, as well. It's time. Like, I it's think time. he has been a force. I think he has been a big part of the Buccaneers' run support. And listen, he's had some pivotal plays as a Buck. You know, yeah. I think about the scoop and score against the Rams in 2019 that sealed the deal. You think about the fumble against the Chargers, the fourth fumble where he was able to get there, and then the Bucks make the comeback happen in the second half. I mean, game. he had that big, big sack on Mahomes when he, like, yeah. laid him out, basically, in the Super Bowl. And, yeah. yeah, dude. I, I mean, and every Sue, every player every player's time with a team comes with an end. You know, and Dominic Sue has been more than I could have expected, to be honest with you. Uh, I thought he was going to be another one of these overpaid – interior defensive lineman who comes into Tampa for a payday plays a couple of mediocre years and then, you know, happy trails, but he's obviously a part of the Super Bowl squad. He is enshrined in Tampa Bay history. And some people even think he's better than the, uh, the previous defensive lineman we had wearing number 93. Now that's, that's a pretty pivotal take depending on who you ask. A lot of people (laughs) have strong feelings about Gerald McCoy, man. A lot of people, I think a lot of people like got bullied by him online or or something, man, because people who don't like Gerald McCoy, they really do not like Gerald McCoy. They don't, they don't like him on like a personal level. (laughs) Right. Right. Like Like (laughs) man, oh man. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the cannon fire podcast. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I know we've been away for a little while. We took a break. 
Um, I'm usually pretty candid with you guys on this show. I went through some unexpected life changes, so if you're watching on YouTube, my backdrop is a little bit different. We're going to be rolling with it. Maybe it'll change again here in the next couple of months, but uh, you know, we're making it happen. It, it we, we appreciate we appreciate the patience for you we all. do we we really do we we appreciate it um yeah we we're all we're all good and, and we're back so felt good to get on here and do another podcast while we are not as fresh as we were at the end of an exciting nfl season we are getting back into the groove of things here on the show and uh excited to move forward Follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Bucks News as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily, the number one Buccaneers fan page on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. And uh, check out his articles, man, BucksNation.com. Your boy Evan Wanish putting out some quality stuff a couple of times a week from what I understand. Last but not least, you can find myself, Instagram, and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Folks, that's the show. We'll have plenty to talk about over the next couple of weeks or so. The next time we talk to you, we will more than likely know who is getting the franchise tag. So we'll keep you updated on that and much more throughout the rest of the offseason. Should be a good one. Glad to be back. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys in the next one. Until then, and as always, go box. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 